Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This year, we're releasing a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time. It's called The Rhythm of Us. It releases November 9th and is available now to pre-order wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. So today, we're kicking off a brand new season with a rich conversation with our new friend, Sandra McCracken. Sandra is a beloved singer-songwriter here in the Nashville area. She's released 14 solo albums over the last 20 years. And if you're new to Sandra's music, well, you're welcome. Go check it out. It is absolutely beautiful. We're talking with Sandra today about her amazing new book, Send Out Your Light, which we just could not recommend more. It is really blowing us away. During our conversation, Sandra shares the lessons she's learned by following the Lord's light through the darkest of times and out again into His light. That's always the struggle, to walk in God's truth and light. Like He's sending it out, we're walking forward in it, we're trusting Him, and inevitably we have to deal with opposition and injustice, and sometimes for ourselves, sometimes for people around us, and we look around that the world it feels like it's on fire right now with so many places of struggle and opposition and we have an opportunity to play an actual role in this reconciling that is really about jesus but he is the one who in all things he is holding all things together but we get to participate in this we hope you'll enjoy this conversation as much as we did here is sandra Well, Sandra, welcome to the show. We are really, really glad you're here. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be with you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about here, especially this brand new project you put together. But before we do that, let's jump in our little time machine and go back. You know, in the last <laughs> 20 years here in Nashville, you've done 14 albums. You've done a lot of creative work out in the world. But I guess the question that we want to know before we get started is how in the world did you end up in this career path? Is this what the little Sandra thought she was going to be doing? <laughs> We'd love to hear a little bit about that story. Oh, thank you. Um, well, it is not what I thought I'd be doing. I'm really happy to be doing it. And I think when I was younger, my my hope or my plan was probably somewhere in music. And I was always interested in creativity and projects like that. Definitely drawn more to story and literature and history and the arts. Not uh, visually artistic as an aside, like I can't paint my way out of a paper bag, but uh, I do love to paint with my kids. And I think that there's this inherent creativity that I was always like attentive to. So on one hand, I'm not surprised that I ended up in something that was in the arts, but I didn't really think I didn't want to be in the spotlight. I didn't want to be up front. I was a really shy kid. And so that part is, is definitely a surprise. And I came to Nashville to go to school for music, I went to Belmont. And I thought I was going to do music business, maybe music education, and found my way almost accidentally into a career in independent music, which is where I'm still figuring it out today. That's awesome. So after almost, is it 20 years that you've been doing this? As yes, a, it is. It's, <laughs> um, it's been a minute. So after 20 years in the music industry, what made you, what inspired you to write a book? Well, I was given an opportunity and I think there were a few things that came up right before the COVID shut down and all that. And it just kept coming up and I would kind of push it aside. And I've never really thought of myself as a writer, 
But um, the short answer really is just that after all these years in songwriting, I had more things to share and more things to say. And so when I was offered an opportunity to do that, um, I honestly said yes before I knew what I was going to do and how it was going to play out. I felt like the prompting of the spirit to just like go for it and trust that the words would come. And my husband teased me about it because he's like, oh, come on, you can do 50,000 words in like two days. That's nothing. <laughs> how, much how much I talk. And he was teasing me about it. But there is that that jump off point when, you know, that just at some point we have to jump in and say yes to things, even if we don't feel qualified, have no idea what we're doing. And this was very much that <laughs> the case yeah. in this situation for me. Yeah. How has it been after launching your first project? What have you learned about the writing process versus the songwriting process? That's a good question. That's probably a whole other like book in itself because it's such a mystery how they're the same in some ways and it felt very familiar and then also very different. I don't know if that was your experience as well, coming out of music and then doing your first like this book together. Um, in one way, you're just documenting a thing that you're already living. And so that that part comes easily and it just but then having to put it into words was um, much more difficult. And I had probably three or four different versions of an outline that I kept scrapping and then starting up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> maybe some of that was because we were all like, you know, quarantined in a house together for some of the early months, which was not the plan. But um, I felt a little bit stuck until I finally found and kind of settled into the outline of how it is, how it ended up today. Love it. Well, let's dive in. The project is called Send Out Your Light. Jenny has an advanced copy, or we have an advanced copy, and i just been waiting for her. <laughs> she stole it. She's devouring it. So she is just constantly going, hey, this is this. Oh, i tell you about this. It's so good. Oh, so she is, really, is really loving good. it. Yeah. So all of you listening out there, go get this book. You're going to love it. But yes. we're going to let you tell us, what is this book all about? Hmm. Well, for many years now, um, I have been, I've just poured over scripture and been soaked in scripture. And my songs really show that um, just even by accident that that kind of comes out in the work and in the creativity. Um, so the title is from Psalm 43. And it was this psalm that just kept following me around. Psalm 43 is one that has become very dear to me. And the first part of the psalm is a complaint. The second part of the psalm is really just a, a song of worship, like it's an offering of praise. And right in the middle, there's this line that says, send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. So I feel like that hinge point for me was kind of made a great backbone for me to just tell some of my story is really that this psalm itself really tells my story in that way. Like this is where I felt called to, to sing and to offer praise. And it includes my complaining right there in the first four verses. And all that needs to be, <laughs> be um, I have to kind of admit that part too. But thankfully we have um, this song, this psalm from just generations ago that tells us that we're not the first ones to walk this road. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I love that one of the things you point out in the book is that this idea of sending out our light, you know, that verse you mentioned in Psalm 43, it's a cry for the Lord to send out mm -hmm. his light to lead us, but it's also an invitation for us to bring what he's given us and offer it to the world mm -hmm. to, to participate in building his kingdom. So talk more about that, how you've mm -hmm. learned to identify the light that he's put within you and how we can find that and send it out into the world to do mm -hmm. what he's purposed it to do. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, a couple of years ago, wrote an album of songs called Songs from the Valley. And I think I referred to it at some point, but there's a song in there that, um, there's a song called Kindness. And it's really a song about community. And in that song, there are just all these little lines that are about specific people and dear friends of mine. And the line in each verse is really this reflection that everybody has their own song, that everyone has their own voice and that we're given God's love is generative. So when he loves, it just keeps on going. It doesn't have this. It's not just for us. It doesn't just stop, but it is personally for us. And then it flows out of us. So I think that the call for us to receive God's light and to send it out, is just such a reminder. And we need the reminders because God has an enemy and his enemy is an accuser. And the accuser would say to us, you don't have a song. You don't have anything to offer. You're not really worth listening to. Your story doesn't really matter. And that's like that. I think that's what this this work is intended to push back against for people to hear and to be called into this place of of really God's invitation, you know, that we would know and lift our voice and sing our own song and and that that would bring his generative love everywhere we go and everywhere we take it. So, yeah. That's so good. Love it. Well, first and foremost, I love when you said the psalm wouldn't stop following you around. <laughs> I think that is so great. You think of kids in my life, our family. <laughs> They're our song. You know, they just Ankle follow biters. us around. They keep showing up. They want dinner. They want food. And yeah. So let's let's talk about it. You know, you, you talked about it before we jumped on the show here that, you know, you've got kids, we've got kids, you know, we all have friends and people in our life. If someone does perhaps have that moment, like you're talking about, like, I don't have a song, there's nothing God's given me. How do we help somebody walk that journey on our own? Do you practically unpack that in the book? Or what would you say to somebody mm -hmm. you're sitting across from that says, I don't have a song, you'd be it a kid or a friend or, or any acquaintance in our life? Hmm. Well, that's, that's a great question. And if I could really answer that question in the book, it'd be like a definitely a bestseller. I don't know if I'm able to answer it, but I do think that by like putting forward, like well, I would call it bearing witness. Like oh, what I'm trying to do is bear witness to where I've seen that and how I've experienced that. And hopefully that that in, is done in a way that is meant to be hospitable to others to find their own, you know, to find themselves in that story. And I do. I think one of the ways that we can do that for one another is just by valuing the small things and to value those, the small decisions. And you mentioned kids. And I, I think we have more of an impact on the people around us than we realize. You know, you think about like the story of Ruth in the scripture and how what's revealed in that story is there's all this action that begins to take place. She's not a passive character. She's moving and in the whole story unfolding, there's, there are places we get to choose and make small decisions that have a huge impact over a long period of time. So who is it? Um, a long obedience, Eugene Peterson, a long obedience yes. in the same direction. Just that title of that book is, is so fitting for this question. It's just like, we just show up and keep encouraging one another toward the small things that really make a life um, in, in response to God's love. Yeah, that's so good. So we can't talk about finding our light without also talking about darkness, right? Light and darkness go together. And you touch on that a lot in the book you know, at some point we all face seasons of darkness, mm -hmm. of struggle and suffering. It's it's not anything that any of us can escape. But I love how you point out when we encounter unwelcome circumstances, they can either push us towards growth and maturity, or they can push us towards bitterness and self 
preservation. So talk a little bit more about those two paths and mm -hmm. how you've learned to move towards growth and to allow those unwelcomed seasons to push us in the right direction. Hmm. Yeah. The, thanks for that question. I think I, even as recent as today, I realized that that's always going to be the work. That's always the struggle is to, mm -hmm. to walk in God's truth and light. Like he's sending it out. We're walking forward in it. We're trusting him. And inevitably we have to deal with opposition and injustice. And sometimes for ourselves, sometimes for people around us. And we look around the the world, it feels like it's on fire right now with so many places of struggle and opposition. And we have an opportunity to, you know, like Ruth and Naomi, to play an actual role in this reconciling that is really about Jesus, but he is the one who in all things, he is holding all things together, but we get to participate in this. So there's, yeah, there's an ongoing struggle. And some days I'd rather just be frustrated. And um, especially the moments where you feel like you're just not you're just not crushing it, you know, <laughs> like mad and out of sorts and feel out of control. And you just, whatever the, whatever the triggers are, we all have different ones. And then you put a bunch of people in under one roof in whatever configuration you live in. And it's like, oh, well, that's a disaster. <laughs> we all are triggered by different things. And then, you know, but we, in each one of these opportunities get to respond and keep on trying to do the next right thing, you know? <laughs> Hey guys, thanks again for listening. We'll get right back to the show in a minute. But real quick, just wanted to remind you to pre-order a copy or two or three of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us, from your favorite retailer. All right, let's get back to the show. You know, we're living in a cultural moment where there's really a lot of darkness around us um, everywhere we look. And I would love to ask where you are seeing the most evidence of God's light in the world around us as we're surrounded by so much darkness. I do see that really the, the way forward, the way that we are called, the way that scripture all points is toward this vision of the new Jerusalem. And that what we experience now is like that future breaking into to the moment now. So the places where like N.T. Wright talks about it like we're in a shoebox. And so the Psalms are like the holes in the top of the shoebox. I think it's somewhere in the second part of the book talking about this. But that image has stayed with me, like where we see these light rays coming in. And so I see it sometimes in songs, like their song will really cause me to catch my breath, like a song like Waymaker, which hearing about the origin of the song, that it was written in an unconventional way from an unexpected place. And it's just this like affirming worship song. And then I also hear it in like old folk tunes that are made new and the way that people continue to make art. Um, another friend, Lanicia Rouse that I met this last year, she works in Texas and she does, um, she's done so many beautiful like textural things with her visual art and it's healing in its very nature. And so I, I see that in the work she does. And in musicians that I work with, you can hear it in their playing and um, and having these opportunities to work in the field I'm in. I think it's all over the place. These are like these light rays that that really catch our breath and cause us to believe and to go back to see again in scripture that there is a day coming. There is a kingdom that is going to break in to this one. And that when we feel like we have reason to despair, there's also a great reason to hope. I, I love that so much. I think it's such a great reminder that even in seasons of darkness, 
there's always light, you know, God's mm-hmm. light is always shining through if we have eyes to see it. There, One of the quotes that has stuck with me, Sandra, so far, I'm only on like chapter five because they just sent it to me a couple of days ago. I'm like, <laughs> I can get through it, but I don't want to rush it. But one of the quotes I've sent to so many friends and they immediately write back, thank you. Um, and tell me if I'm quoting you wrong, but it's something like, if it's not good, it's not the end. Don't mm-hmm. give up that, that God is faithful and he will always bring a good ending. So if it's not good, it's not yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's from a song lyric. And um, that song has been like a, a real sweet reminder for me of just those moments. And I, I think even singing it with different friends and in different situations over the years, there, the whole middle part of the book really is focused on the need for, you were mentioned, yeah, you mentioned darkness and, just, I would really love for people to have the space to lament and to give, like almost to learn how to practice lament because when we, it becomes part of our practice, like in Psalm 43, when there's, there's a, there's a, the entry point can be complaint, but it's not where you land and you don't have to stay there. You push through that. I mean, that it's funny, the, the question about living in a, in a family and what is the number one thing I think that I've learned is like my emotions, that's not actually who I am. So I can have all these feelings about things. I might be in the middle of darkness, but that's not really who I am. And it's easy to tell a middle schooler that and to think I'm like so outside of it, but man, we all need those reckoning moments, right? I mean, right. I'm like a middle schooler trapped in, a, <laughs> in an adult <laughs> body, you know, you're just like, okay, so this is yeah, it, it, I guess the, those are all good. That that song has become like a reminder where I have to come back to that and say, if it's not okay, then it's not the end. And there are things that we need to cry out to God for and ask him to meet us. And then we need to push through our emotion and find that, he, you know, even in praise, even in our pain, that that praise can be really uh, renewing and healing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's so good. You know, Jenny always reminds me that I'm a middle, middle schooler trapped. And <laughs> Just, That's right. Everybody. No. <laughs> okay. No. Before we wrap this up, I mean, I know you talked about some of the hopes that you wish right there, but at the end of the day, when somebody grabs this book, they flip through the pages, they read this thing, they put it down. What do you hope the reader walks away from? And what do mm-hmm. they hope they learn? I think the number one thing that would be, um, important to me is just that people know they're not alone and that there is, um, there's a hope and a future and that God is, he is the one inviting. So if there, if people glimpse some of God's invitation through these words and through the ways that I'm bearing witness in my own story or in my songwriting, um, that would be my hope is that they would know they're not alone and that there is a, a plan and a purpose and all that's happening. That's so good. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. <laughs> so good. We're supposed to sing it though, no. right? Are we supposed to? <laughs> oh my God. All right. Hey, we love to wrap every episode with these three questions that go like this. First one is what is a book that has changed your life? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so besides the Bible, which is what you have to say first, right? <laughs> um, gosh, the big questions always like slow me down a little bit, but there's one that just because we've been talking about it a little bit today, there's a book by Ellen Davis um, called Who Are You, My Daughter? And it's not very well known. It's kind of a workbook that has these word carvings in it. 
but Ellen Davis is a um, Hebrew scholar. She's at Duke Divinity School and is an amazing teacher, but she goes verse by verse and just unpacks it. And it's so accessible, but it's not like a Bible study or it's just, it's a piece of art. And it really draws me into the story. And that's one where it's helped me to kind of, um, we talk about these questions of like who you are and what is your light and how do you send it out? And uh, her writing and her drawing out the Hebrew text has really done that for me. I love that. That's great. Okay. The second question is what's a habit that's changed your life? Hmm. Um, all right. Well, probably the habit of journaling has changed and it started really young for me, but it was intermittent. And then when I graduated high school, I had somebody that handed me a journal and said, you got to do this. And, um, it's been a part of my creative life for sure, but I think putting words on a page um, has a therapeutic effect and a prayerful spiritual development effect. It's like it, it kind of does a lot of things without even realizing it. So if you and I think it's like there's no prerequisite for it. I think if anybody just wakes up in the morning and takes a sheet of paper out, you'd be amazed what comes off the, you know, out of your head oh. and heart onto the page. So probably so, journaling. I love it. Very cool. And the last question is, what advice would you give to the younger you? The younger me? Um, go take a walk in the woods more often. <laughs> it's like the best thing, right? Just to like, push, you know, or plant a garden or do something like yeah. get out there, get in your body and oh, yeah. <laughs> go do something. So I, I enjoyed that younger, but I think I, I really... Uh, need it and, and crave it more now than ever. That is so good. I love it. I know a chick that would probably tell her younger self to do the exact same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we, Jenny, yeah. you and I have a lot. I know. Yeah. And Nashville is one of the common. best. You know, there's just so many gorgeous yeah. trails. I'm so grateful. Yeah. It's a good habit for sure. So if you're listening to this and you don't live in Nashville, sorry for you. <laughs> you. Find a pretty trail. <laughs> Find a place. That's right. Go find yes. some trees. Go find trail. Yeah. Go get in the woods. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and this new project. We're really excited. Everyone listening, go get the book. Show some love to Sandra. But where can they find you, follow you, look you up, all that good stuff? Um, I, there are probably links. The easiest one would be sandramccracken.com. And then there are links out from there just based on where you shop or what you like. And if you're a music listener or just enjoy the writing, um, that's kind of the central hub. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes uh, for people listening. But Sandra, it's been such an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you both. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Enjoyed seeing you. Hope to see you in town as well. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Rhythm of Us. You can find all the resources and links mentioned in today's episode over at our website, therhythmofus.com. Yeah, we hope you check all of those out, as well as our new book, The Rhythm of Us, which is available for pre-order now, wherever you like to get your books. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us, friends. Until next time.